This podcast is about music, mindfulness, and madness. What's the name of the show, Michael? Music, mindfulness, and madness. And I definitely wanted to talk about sort of the, the each of those, you know, like the music part, I think you and I have talked about this is really, it covers a wide variety of things. It's really about creativity, but that didn't sound as cool as music. So we're gonna say music. And that's kind of our, you know, our background. Um, but it covers a lot, you know, music production, music writing, um, you know, how do you get it into the world? What are the struggles that musicians have? And I think a lot of the same issues um, come up for a lot of different artists. Every artist I talk to, whether they're a fine painter or a singer or a musician or a, um, you know, a performance artist or whatever it is. Creators in general. Yeah, we've all got these same struggles and, and, uh, and the same inspirations too. So that was kind of the, the music part of it. So we'll just use that as kind of the, the vehicle for us as the music part. And then the mindfulness part, that was really interesting to really look that up and see like, what does that mean exactly? Uh, let me find the meaning here that I saw. So I was about to say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so the, the mindfulness is, is that idea is really bantied about a lot. And there's a whole lot of uh, spiritual attachment to it and all that stuff. And I just kind of want to set that stuff aside and have it, you know, this really, you and I have talked about this. It's just really, it's becoming, it's a practice, you know, for being uh, present and aware to, you know, your uh, human condition, you know, like what's going on in the moment, present to that, regardless of all the stories, like, oh, this is good, or this is bad, and all the thought come through, just, you know, kind of this experience up here, which seems to be the filter which with which all this music comes through, all this creativity comes through, and how it can get in the way. Um, and so as a an idea and a practice, I think I want to talk about that more and more, you know, all the different aspects of it, the more podcasts we do, and you know, how it applies and how it doesn't apply. And people, especially I'm mean, being here in Southern California, especially there's a whole lot of sort of spiritual elitism and people talking about mindfulness all the time. And I, I kind of don't know what the fuck they're talking about sometimes, you know, what, how I understand it is just being present to my experience, which for me, and it seems for a lot of the, my friends is difficult to just sit still and sort of pay attention to your thoughts, and especially in a creative mode as it applies to music, you know, where we get an idea, you know, where do these ideas come from? Well, I think mind, mindfulness has a lot to do with that as a, an idea. So I wanted to explore more of that with you in this uh, podcast. And um, I don't know if you have any thoughts about mindfulness, but um, that's sort of what I'd come with for that um and yeah, then I you know agree. go ahead i agree i mean uh my 
I'll get into my history with, with, with mindfulness and, and meditation later, but I can safely say that, that, uh, well, you were one of the first people that, that, uh, that, that really got me into it. Um, you and my, my therapist. And up to that point, uh, I, I, I think I had the perception of a lot of people that it was associated with, with, with Buddhism and with, uh, with Eastern religions and that I needed to understand that. And I, I needed to, to, to go whole hog with the dogma associated dogs dogma is not a really good word with, uh, the culture and, and yeah. the religion in, in order to really understand it. And, um, uh, and then over the years I figured out that's, that's not, that's not at all important. That's not even an aspect of it. Um, and I would say that, um, they, these, uh, these new services like Headspace and Calm, uh, you know, do a really good job of, of just focusing on teaching people meditation without, uh, without really getting into um, uh, the, the, the religious and cultural aspects of it. It, it, yeah. it. They're really good. Both apps, I've used both, and they're both really good at, uh, at just focusing on teaching you how to calm your shit down. Yeah, and it, and how that really pertains to creativity too is really you know I I don't function well creatively in chaos. They've got that. This is like an old myth about you know the, the suffering, struggling, starving musician uh, idea, and I'm just like that's a bunch of bullshit. You know, if there's people that have done it, good for them. But like I don't do well with it. So this is from my own personal experience. Is like. I need to really like, and, and life has challenges, you know, we're dealing with life and it's like, you know, you get an idea to write a song and all of a sudden your baby's crying, your dog is, your girlfriend's are like, have enough money to do something. It's like, you need to issue. And also, um, how do, how do I on a regular basis, you know, create the flow of creativity to continue to come through. And that's really what mindfulness is for me. It's just a practice that supplements my creativity because I don't know where these ideas come from. I can't take credit for them. They're, my ideas are coming through me, but you know, I don't really know where they come from. So that's sort of the creative aspect of it. And that's what mindfulness for me is as a practice. It really helps me a lot. And how it's a daily practice how the hell are you confused by, by what other people say about it? You, you know more about it than anybody I know. Oh man. I'm just, you know, it's not like I have generations of this. I wasn't my, no one in my family does this stuff. Um, you know, I learned it after the fact and I learned it later on in my life. And so I, and I, I do, I do remember Well, that was, that was something else I wanted to get into because, uh, because, I don't know that I've ever really, so there's a couple of things that, that I, I don't know that we've ever talked about. And if we have talked about it, I've forgotten just yeah. like you. Uh, I definitely knew a, a pre mindfulness version of Michael Haley. Yeah. Michael absolutely. Haley, the Michael Haley I met was a baby. He was a young and yeah, we met what? 30 years ago. 30, something I think like that. we figured I was like 32 or something like that. And I was bonkers, you know, I, I think I was trying to look good on the outside, so I'm not sure how much of it showed, but it's hard to hide, you know? People can kind of read you, and uh, 
but I suffer from that uh, delude, that disease of looking good, you know, like somehow if I'm looking good on the outside, everything on the inside will change. You know, it's pretty common. I think that's most of our culture, you know, like if you live in the right zip code and you drive the right car and you got the right, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend and you got the right guitar and you got the, all the gear and the right amount of money, it's all going to work out. And it's like, it doesn't, it's like, it's no. nice. And I don't think it's, you shouldn't pursue that because, you know, cash and prizes is nice. It's good to have, you know? And I think understanding what all that is for in a, a lot of that comes from, you know, just the practice of mindfulness for me and just like being present, you know, and, you know, taking a little bit of time every day where I don't do anything else. I shut my eyes, I shut my mouth and I just like pay attention to my breathing, listen to my thoughts. I've done I've, guided meditations are nice too. Like whatever your jam is to practice this, this idea of being with yourself um, for a fixed amount of time, whether it's hour, you know, to try and do two sessions a day of like 20 minutes a day. And then really look, oh, and I also do writing too. You know, like I, um, I do you know, regular writing every day to really get in touch with what's going on in here and kind of talking to those different aspects that are in my head that, you know, there's some loud voices in there some days where it's like, oh, yeah. if I make a, a perceived sort of mistake, you know, the voice gets really fucking loud. There's a critical kind of parent in there, I'll call it. And, uh, you know, so it's good to be aware of that, you know, put a sticker on it and go, oh, yeah, that's some critical bullshit right there. And get that it's not me, but it's an aspect that comes through. So, you know, and, and how all that intermingles. And I don't want to, you know, get too heady about it or too theoretical or because um, then we're stuck in like, you know, this sort of mental masturbation. You know, we're like just talking about shit and just like, you know, I just want to make some music. I want to make some racket, some beautiful things that I can show to people and go, hey, what do you think of this? And then they yeah. do with it whatever they want to do with it. But I think as as the mindfulness to get to the madness part, the madness, I think, is everything but mindfulness. You know, it's all the other stuff for me is how I like to think about the, the madness. Um, the loud critical voices, the delusions that come up of like that somehow if I do things perfectly, it's going to turn out really well. All, all my own personal stuff that comes up um, and you can include and the ways that we try and treat that with like drugs and sex and, you know, uh, distractions, all the distractions that we have from being present to this incredible opportunity to like take something, take something from nothing, you know, to like go into this, the ether comes through and it's, it's coming through us and it's like, Oh, I just got an idea for a song and you pick up a guitar or whatever it is that you're doing or a paintbrush or whatever. And, uh, you know, and turn that into something. And I don't, it's a, it's a kind of a compulsion. So there's a, I think there's a good side to the madness and a bad side to the madness. Well, I know as a musician, I'm, I am compulsed to make music. There was a time where I thought, am I done with this? Because I hadn't made any music for a while, but I had to really look at. There's been a couple times in my life where 
I wasn't sure if it was for me anymore. I'm like, am I done? Do I need to sell all these guitars and hang it up? Because I did a whole bunch of stuff, had record deals, toured, did all that. And then it was, it kind of stopped. And I went, oh, damn, I didn't ask for anything more after that. I got, the dream came true and it didn't look like what I thought it was supposed to look like. And so there's a kind of a madness in there. I mean, you can say that with anything. You can get into a relationship with somebody and go, oh, shit, I thought this was somebody else, you know? Or you could be in a relationship for a long time and go, oh, damn, this is a lot of work. Creativity for me is a lot of work. If I'm not stoking the fire and doing all the things I know to do, the madness will sort of seep in and start to play tricks. So I think all three of these things have a relationship. And so that's, anyway, that's sort of my, my diatribe on sort of the idea for this podcast with you. And I'm so glad you really like sent me a mic and said, we're doing this, let's do it. And a mic showed up and I'm like, oh, oh damn, we're, we have to do this now. <laughs> so thank I just, you. I just began to recognize that the conversations that we had um, didn't always, they, they, all, they always almost felt like I was sitting in an audience watching uh, some people that I admired have a conversation. Oh, like it, didn't, it, it, it didn't, it never, it, it just seems like in recent years that it doesn't, it's, it feels less, and it's not, not to diminish that, you know, our friendship, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that what the, the things we talk about aren't just like, you know, Hey, how's it going? How's your, how's your dog? How's your girlfriend? Yeah. Um, we, we, uh, invariably more so than any any other friend that I have end up talking about things that that feel like like a conversation we could have sitting on a stage yeah you know and that's and and I and I, I don't know I think I think I was listening because I'm a, I'm a big fan of podcasts and I and I got to thinking I think I, I blurted it out and uh, when we were in a, in a phone conversation once when you went on some big jag about something I said this this could be this could totally be a podcast this could absolutely think, be a podcast yeah you know and, and there's a lot of information out there in the world about a lot of different things and so I like the idea of having this specific focus like I don't know that I'm an expert on any of this stuff I have a lot of experience with these things but I'm always learning more stuff. And I know you have a lot of experience with this stuff and we're just at where we're at in this, in this uh, train ride that we're on. And, um, you know, life is short, but it's also life is long. <laughs> so yeah. How do we yes. deal with this on a day to day? Yeah. You know, and so that's, that's, I, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that, that both of us, that there were probably points in our lives where we did not expect to be sitting here right now at this age. No, I, sh I should I sure be did. dead. I should yeah. be dead for sure. Same. But I'm grateful to be alive in a in a different Me too. way now too. Me too. You know that that idea of uh, excitement and uh, like sort of I'm a I'm an achievement junkie and, a, and an excitement junkie, and that's what I need to be. That's where mindfulness really comes in for me. Of like, I don't want it to get too exciting. I don't want to put a leash on it, but I want to be aware when I'm uh, getting a little sort of ahead of myself um if i can stay present to the moment like when i'm in the flow of creating music and recording the ideas just flow in and i'm just like oh damn i need a mandolin and i run you know grab a mandolin off so i need a little mandolin part here and then the next piece is shown to me in the next piece 
it's really like one piece at a time, one moment at a time, the stuff shows up. So the, that mindfulness practice has really helped me over time to go. Yeah, it really is a form of meditation when you get into that space, isn't it? I, I, it's not something it, I realized until I started uh, practicing mindfulness. Um, that yeah. um, mindfulness is just all about, and meditation is all about being present. And, and um, I got into it for, uh, for reasons that had nothing to do with creativity. But then over time, I began to find that it was actually helping my creativity for all the reasons you talked about. Yeah, and there's it a just lot made of me more present, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of access points to it too, you know? Like it's not just about Eastern philosophy. I mean, there's Western, you know, even Christianity and uh, all the variations of that stuff too. You know, if you put your hands together and you say a prayer, you know, it's a kind of, you have stopped in the moment. It's true. To take a break, you know, and your hands aren't doing anything else. You know, that's, I think that's, I don't know for sure, but like, maybe that's why you put your hands together. And they do that in, in Buddhism and a lot of different religions, but I, I don't want this to be about a religious thing, but like, it's just, a, it's a practice and it slows you down to stop. And then you focus on something bigger than you. Cause I'm, I can't take credit for these ideas that come through to me. I just happen to be lucky enough to capture him. Like, you know, Tom Waits talks about that. He said the, his muse will show up and start talking to him when he's driving or something. And sometimes it'll, if he doesn't stop and listen to it and write it down, it'll, he, he'll, you know, or he'll send it off and go like, oh, you need to go hang out with John Cage right now. Go tell him right now. <laughs> and he'll yeah, talk I do that. You. I have moments like that all the time. Yeah, because I'll forget it. It'll just, I, I've probably forgotten more amazing ideas than I've captured or even um you know uh uh oh david lynch talks about this in his meditation practice you know where he's trying to catch the big fish so he'll do his meditation twice a day and uh and he he'll go way down into it he's it's the way he describes it is really beautiful but he's trying to capture the big beautiful fish like those ideas and sometimes it's just like a little patch. It's just like a little piece of it. And he doesn't even know what it's for, but he'll write it down in such a way. And this is part, I love this practice. He writes it down in such a way that when he reads it back afterwards, he has the same experience of the idea. So it's important to it's like that emotional sort of like, oh yeah, the excitement or whatever it was, even if you don't know what it's for, I get ideas all the time for all sorts of stuff, not only music, but, and I, I don't know why. I've had an idea to make little films forever. I, I wouldn't consider myself a filmmaker, but I'm fascinated by that world. It's, it's very much like music, you know? It's just with uh, the visual. It's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, from a production perspective, it's, it's a lot harder in some ways than music. Um, I, I, at one point I, I worked on an album and um, this was uh, during the time when um, people were doing like DVD companions. This is, you know, kind of pre YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had this, this grand idea of, of, of making a companion DVD uh, to this album. I, I, I had just finished thinking that I could crank something out in a couple months and it took it took almost two years 
and then I ended up scratching. And by the time I, I I got it to a good place, YouTube happened and just uh, and completely invalidated everything I did. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> happened, and and then uh, and then you know like 720p video happened, and I shut the entire thing like in in SD. Um, and it just it it completely undid it. It's it's hard. It's really really hard. Did uh, the, the editing bit you know, editing long, long sequences, stuff like music video and stuff, anything involving uh, special effects or 2D effects. It's really, really hard. Yeah, there's anyway. all that, there's all that technical stuff. And I, I, the other thing that just came to me too, is like, I, I used to teach these classes with a buddy of mine who was a, a fine painter and a, um, uh, a former animator at Disney, kind of in the last, the last golden age of Disney in hand painted and all that stuff. And there were so many people in the class that were not what I would call creatives. They weren't like actively creating stuff, but everyone's got like a book in their head. They're like, I want to write this book, but I work at a, uh, an ad agency, you know what I mean? Or they're doing something other than their creative stuff. So I really, I like that idea for that anyone has access to doing this. Yeah. How you translate an idea, into reality like the creating of something from nothing is endlessly fascinating to me and uh so i wanted to just say that too is like um who this is for is those people too you know those people that maybe they're doesn't matter what age you are <clears throat> you know those those things still haunt me you know they come to me and i'm like am i gonna take that on and do that thing that i have no experience in <laughs> but it's calling me it's like I have to do this, have to. But, I've been, but I've been stuffing it down forever. So I, I, I like this idea for those people too. Because there was a time, I mean, I've been playing since I was eight and I don't know why I picked up guitar because no one in my family is musical. My dad is tone deaf. My mom- We, we, we have that in common. Writes, yeah, he's, he's yeah. awful to listen to and I love him for it. He knows it. No, we, we, we just, we, we both came from very non-musical families. Yeah, that whole thing. And I'm like, why did this happen to me? You know, why do I have this affliction? And, uh, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think it. about I that love... all the time too. Yeah, it's a kind of, a, you know, uh, I don't know if it's an addiction, it, but it's definitely com compulsive. You know, I'm compulsed to do this. Even when I thought I was done, you know, I talked to a whole bunch of friends friends I wanted to be like done with it either i'm in or i'm out i'm sometimes i can my thinking can be very black and white which i need to be mindful of you know compulsion is an interesting term i've i've never i never really thought about it as a compulsion but well, if you I, look I suppose it, that's true yeah if you look at it like an addict you know they're compulsed yeah. to drink or use or whatever it is or addiction or whatever is going on with them and which is okay, unless it's ruining your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think all the music that I heard growing up was created out of some drug haze. You know what I mean? Like, without drugs, there would probably be no cool music. So I don't want to say don't do drugs, because that's none of my business. You know, whatever it's it just takes. not for everybody. Yeah, as long as it's not killing you, because yeah. so many of my friends have died from it. And I'm like, well, that sucks. I miss my friends. Yeah, and I same. understand it. I understand it too. Like I want to get in that, uh, what do they call it? Like limerence. There's this state of in relation 
relationships, I think is what that term is from, where you're, you start dating someone and you're in this really, you know, oh my God, this is the best thing in the world. You're kind of high in, and they call it love, but there's, I've heard the word limerence, which I was fascinated by. Is a state of mind which results from a romantic attraction to another person and typically includes obsessive thoughts and fantasies and a desire to form or maintain a relationship with it, the object of love and have one's feelings reciprocated. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's my relationship to music for sure. And it gives back to me. You know what I mean? As soon as sometimes I love started and I love it. And I get to a point where I'm like, this is the big what was I think? I have to push through that, like finish it in the way that I and then see. So the editor off. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. easier said than done. You know, oh, then you're in kind of turmoil. But I, I like that, that limerence idea. But then we're, we could be fooling ourselves. And I think it's a human thing. I mean, you know, we do that with stuff all the time where we're just like, you see a car or something like, I love cars. So you, I see a car and I'm like, oh, wow. I think my life would be a lot better if I had that. <clears throat> and I live in an area where there's a, a lot of super fancy, expensive cars. I'm like, yes, you know, there's, that's a whole nother conversation. But that the, the idea, my mind goes to this thing of like, oh, my life would be better. Like the, gra the grass is always greener. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I, just, if I just had that super fancy car or, you know, that hot rod or that guitar or whatever it is. And I know from doing, you know, mindless, mind, mindless, 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 my, my mindlessness. Yeah. You know, that, you know, mindfulness, just really paying attention to my experience. Historically, that's a common sort of like thread, a theme that comes through. And sometimes you have to exercise in music. I have to exercise it and try stuff and go, oh, that's terrible. But it's, it's a lot less expensive than buying some fancy car and putting a bunch of money into it and then going, oh, man, really? But I think that's for me, that's my human condition. And uh, because the present can be almost unbearable at times. You know what I mean? Like, and it, yeah, the more you, the more I make friends with my thinking and my, um, whatever's going on in here in my head and in my body too, you know, like being aware, like I have to have a healthy body if I'm going to make music. I mean, you went through that with some stuff and it's just like, without your health, you got nothing. Mental I, health. I, you know, what you were talking about, um, having a period of time where, where you were wondering if you're going to still do this. I, I had a similar period of time. I went through a similar period in the mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, and it was revolved around, it was, you know, it was coming out of the fog of some health problems. Yeah. Uh, shall we say. And, um, and I, and there was about, there was like a one or two year period there where I didn't do anything. Um, I just didn't, and it, and it was, it was, a, it was for a different reason. I, I, my, it had everything to do actually with my creative process up to that point. Um, I, I became so accustomed to working a very specific way and I had to make some life changes that involved eradicating a lot of the, um, implements that I would lean on to, uh, to foster creativity. And I, and I just, and, and I went for like, I 
feel like it was more than a year. I wish Chris was here. Chris would be able to say uh, where I just, I didn't know how to do it anymore. I'd like, I just didn't know. I, I didn't know how to trigger it because I, I had to willfully remove a lot of the things that, that kind of got me in, into the right frame of mind to do it. And um, it was actually Krashinkas, the, the, the guy that played bass for Penal Colony. Uh, he's the one that, that kind of propped me back up. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't in a band at the time, wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And um, we were still talking all the time and we were, we were still hanging out. And, and remaining close. And at some point he was just like, come on, man, just, just break the four track back out. Let's just do something. I'm going to come over. Let's just do something. Let's just make noise on a tape. Yeah. And we started doing that like every weekend. And, uh, and then after about a, like a month or so I was back in, like it just, I just, it, it forced me to find a new way back into using my creative mind. Yeah, I, I think that's really important too. You know, like community as a part of this uh, mindfulness and music. And, you know, I go back and forth. There's some kinds of um, musical experiences I do much better alone, but I, I think I'm much better in, in Congress with other people. You know, if I have someone I'm writing with, we're in a band, there's, I'm very, re my creativity is very reactive. And so even if I'm sitting alone at home and I record a part, I'm reacting to that part. And I'm like, oh, there's the idea, you know? It goes a little quicker if you have some people that you are that you like and you get along with and you can kind of get into a flow with those people. But again, there's that thing of flow. How do I create that? Um, how do I create the background for um, clarity, you know, like this? And that's what mindfulness, is really creates for me is more clarity you know it's the light you know we're pushing up through the dirt looking for light and i think uh and it's and the dirt is constantly falling back down on me all the time so i really oh yeah yes so i gotta be kind with myself and go okay maybe that wasn't i had a couple days this last week that were brutal in my, inside here you know and I'm, I'm like what is going on with me but i was very aware that like that's not real that's delusion. And I just need to slow down and it'll become more clear to me later or maybe never get clear to me. Maybe I just need to, you know, have whatever it could have been chemical. Who knows? You know, this is an incredible machine we live in. Mm. You know, this, the brain is constantly dosing us with various chemicals based on thoughts like, you know, neurology and all that stuff. And like, I don't begin to understand it. I have just a, a glimmer of like, that this is way bigger than I can comprehend. And also that's not my job. My job is to create stuff, beautiful things that hopefully will be, other people will enjoy. And I don't know why, I don't know why, you know? Some people have a, I was born to do this, but I'm like, this is just where I'm at. And you know, if the, if the universe sort of hands me something else and goes, yeah, you need to stop that. Here's what I need you to do now. And it was really clear to me I would go do that because I trust those, my intuition a lot more. But yeah, before I don't... practicing mindfulness, my intuition was like, it was based on, you know, sort of more uh, the physical world, you know, like uh, pleasure and like trying to avoid pain. But, you know, I brought a lot of trauma with me into this to where I was at. So I had to really like work on that and sort of like Indeed. keep clearing the path you know, 
you know, all the family stuff and all that stuff that comes with a lot of us. I, I know I'm, I'm not unique with that. So. Um, my, my, my sister's going to, I can hear my sister's voice in my head right now telling me that, that I should reference some, my, my, you know, so, so we, we, we did the rehearsal thing and my, my sister gave me a lot of notes and, and, uh, I'm about to violate something she said I should do. Oh boy. But, uh, you know, I was just, just thinking about like how, how, it, cause I don't understand how, how it happened for me either. And, and how it, and, uh, I, I'm beginning to, I'm only beginning to kind of understand why it's stuck. Um, but I don't understand where it came from. The, the only thing that I can really attribute it to is, and this is where I hear my sister's voice in my head, is that, is that I've read um, uh, things about uh, uh, what happens with uh, a fetus in the womb. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that, that when they, when they reach a, I, I think when they get past like six months that they, they're actually able to hear, you know, they can hear things, they can see some, I mean, their eyes start working and their, their senses start working. Yeah. The only thing I can figure is that, is that, um, maybe, uh, there was just a lot of music in the house getting played loud mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, one thing I do kind of remember about my biological mother is that is that uh, music did seem to make her happy. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where it comes from, you know, like maybe there's 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 some connection there because because, you know, I, I, I probably like you from the earliest age. Like if I heard any kind of music like pop music, I, I'm like, I'd just be in like if it was something that 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 sounded interesting to me. I, I was just I just I can't remember a time that I didn't hear music and feel that way. Like I can't, like I can remember being like three years old and, and hearing the Beatles and hearing stuff on AM radio and, and just being excited by it. Just, just being like, yeah, really excited by it and, and what was going on and just, and just wanting to under, and it just seemed like magic to me, like how that worked and how that sound was created and how things were put together. Yeah, um, it is. I think it's magic I too. Know. I mean, you know, I, not not like a Las Vegas magic, but you know, there's frequencies like shooting through us. Like it's it's mood altering. You know, like some people, I I dated a whole bunch of mood altering women. You know, it was like, <laughs> yes, you did. Where I was just like, oh. you yeah, know, I, that's 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 one way of describing a few of them. Yeah, and you know, I just wanted to get out of my my internal experience. But the more I made peace with myself the less of that bullshit happened, you know? And, uh, yeah. And also, you know, yeah. music was a, is a great mood altering thing. And like, you can use it in therapeutically. I certainly use it like that. It just makes me feel better to be like, Oh, there's some cool stuff going on here. And when stuff rubs me wrong, I hear some music that does not agree with me. It's just like, Oh, geez, what am I? Oh, turn that off. You know, I want to yeah. get away from it. But for somebody else, they may just be like, yeah, that's it. And I'm just like, good for you. Run away. Take it. <laughs> you know, and like, I don't know why. It's like the brain and like the, our physiology, our biology is so fascinating to me. There's so many like neuroscientists. I, I love listening to these people, you know, who talk about the, the actual effects and these neural pathways that are created, you know, from from great things, from trauma, from all that stuff. And like, the more I understand about that, I'm like, oh, okay, it makes more sense to me now. 
but I don't need to figure all that stuff out. I just know I really love music a lot. And I also love film Me and too. food. And like, I love talking to people. Um, like the interaction with people is just really become more and more critical to me too. Like community, you know, cause I think as humans without community, you know, we're screwed. And even in community, I mean, we're still, we're still going to war and doing all that stuff. And I'm just like, I don't have any solutions for that other than for me to not be at war with myself or those people around me, you know, like I really, I have to be at peace with myself. Uh, and that takes practice every day. It's, it's not like I can just flip the switch off. And as soon as you get into traffic in Los Angeles, there are some automatic responses that happen as I'm driving around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and I have to like be go like, Oh yeah, there's, there's anger. And like, wow, that was really fucked up. Why did that? And I'm like, Oh, it's just what happened. That's just how traffic is part of the world. And so then what do I do with it? You know, what am I going to do with that? I can go and be right. I can cause more harm or I can just be like, you know, okay, I could slow down. I could, you know, and that the more I practice mindfulness and it wasn't about being able to drive in traffic better, but it certainly has that effect and it does on my creativity. And it keeps me from that state, the, the madness state of like, oh, I know better. I need to teach this guy a lesson or whatever it is, whether it's with uh, any kind of relationship I'm in, but mostly with myself, because if I'm suffering, I can suffer all by myself. I don't need anyone around me to, I got, my mind's got plenty to tell me about what doesn't work about me. And uh, I could just hear it in the meditation and go, wow, that's a nasty voice. Because it's, and I can, there's like this uh, idea of uh, stimulus and response. And we have it all the time in the world. We're, we're swimming in it. And most of us are unconscious to it. You know, unless you have a good practice and it helps. But it's also a, a spectrum, you know. It's not like you get to a place and you're like, I'm free. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like little bits of freedom along the way. And it's cumulative. And it takes time. And sometimes that stuff gets really disturbed by life. Life just throws stuff at us. And um, so more and more, I'm just constantly trying to create clarity for myself. And then it ripples out. You know, this is sort of the study of the mind when they, all the, all the neuroscientists are, you know, like, especially like the Dalai and uh, what's his name? Matthew Ricard, who's the head. He was a, a scientist before, and then he got into Buddhism. And then he's the head of all this sort of scientific research for how meditation and mindfulness affects the brain. I've and, never and, heard and you talk about it, this guy. Yeah, and how it ripples out into the world. He wrote this really great book called uh, Happiness. And he talks about what it is and what it isn't. And it was amazing to kind of like what, what I assumed was happiness or a part of it. You know, it just gave more clarity to it. And there's, so there's science there. So I'm a big, I'm a big guy of science too. I love the sort of magical stuff, but I'm like, why, why is this happening? I'm always curious about it, you know? Um, I think if you have, have the kind, the sorts of conditions that you and I have, you, you really kind of have to be. Like I know yeah. from science, from the, 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 the amount of science that I've, that I've learned in recent years that I just have an overactive amygdala. amygdala. I, just, I just do. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's overactive. Um, there's not 
not it's there's there's not a shot I can get for it. No, I can't have somebody crack open my skull and fix it. I just have an overactive amygdala, and it, it is what it is. Uh, fortunately, uh, I know that I have it, and and I'm I'm aware of the fact that I do, and I just do everything I can to try to keep it in check. You know. Did they give you that cool but hair? Science, science has taught me that. Like I didn't, I, yeah. you know, and it was really like, I, I, I have, I have, you know, between you and my, my th I have such a great therapist. I think my, my therapist taught me a lot of this stuff too, that it's science. It's just science, you know, on some level it's science. Yes. Things happen to you that, that created that condition, but it's, it's science and you need to understand what it's, what it's doing to your brain. And, and if you have that information, then, um, yeah. Then it helps you manage it better. I think it helps, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, they find that in religion too, you know, like they really lean into their, their faith practices and whatnot. And I don't want to discount any of that stuff because that's, that stuff is its own world too. And like, I think the two go hand in hand. And um, although a lot of them would argue with me about that, I'm like, I don't want to argue with you. That's just my opinion. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying that's what works for me. But there's also that, what do you call it, faith or like, you know, when you, you have an instinctive and an intuitive sense that you're always taken care of, which most people don't, <laughs> but that's something that can come out of mindfulness some, too. Some people really, have that? Yes. I, I, don't, I wouldn't that. know what that's like. I'm yeah, sure I, it's, I think it's. I think it's rare, but you know, I see it a lot in sort of in religious practices, which I'm also fascinated with. But that's not what this. Oh, about. from a spiritual perspective, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you deeply know, like, like religious that. spiritual people that they, they have that. That's true. They do. Yeah, and that's and true. I think it's very powerful. It's belief, and it's a kind of a a pathway that's in the mind. You know, like it's you can train your train your mind to do that too. I mean, that are you can go super extreme into that and get into like cults, you know, yeah. cults, you know, you can train the brain or like the military, the military trains people to do these unspeakable things in, in, you know, to benefit us in their, in its own way, you know, like to, uh, um, but that thinking of like, I'm, I'm like, I don't think I could do that. And law enforcement, same, yeah, same people, law enforcement, same thing. Yeah, there's people that, that believe, and I, I'm so grateful for those people that, that do service for our country. And, you know, and, and I don't fully understand it, but I know, you know, if you keep telling yourself the same thing over and over again, you get more and more of it. That's been my experience of that stuff. I really have to, the mindfulness really helps me to, to see what, what's, the, what's the dialogue going on in my head, you know? Because uh, you can train this brain to do anything you want it to, pretty much. You, you know, if you've got certain conditions and like we're all uniquely different in some ways and completely the same in other ways. Um, and so for the sake of, you know, madness and delusion, which is the last part of the, the podcast is really, you know, am I in delusion today or am I in something like, does, is everything okay on paper so because some days like i look really good on paper and in my mind i'm a mess it's like spaghetti and i'm just like what is going on yeah and i have to just check myself and check in and go what's going on here <clears throat> and all in the stead of like creativity 
you know, creativity is just another kind of practice for uh, creating some more peaceful, beautiful stuff in the world, hopefully. Hopefully. You know, or something that needs attention that maybe hasn't been said in a long time or, you know, like some of the folk protests. I'm about to say it's not, or, it's not always beautiful, is it? No, there's some, um, there's some nastiness out. There's some music where I'm just like, I, I can't believe there's shit saying it, but I'm like, I think it's important, you know, people just want to express and be heard. And it's, it depends on how, how far down they've gone. It gets, they, they're more extreme about how they express that stuff. So mm. I feel I like be, with, with yeah. the, with this, with the last album I did and this, this thing I'm working on now, like I feel the older I get, the, the more I've been moving towards making something as beautiful as possible with, with a really, uh dark cathartic message at the same time like i don't feel like like the things i talk about have really changed much in the last 30 years which is which may may or may not be a good thing um <laughs> but the the thing that that i've kind of moved away from that i recognize in other people the older i get is because I mean, I mean, shoot, you, if, if you look at like a lot of the stuff Billy Eilish does, like Billy Eilish's stuff is pretty, pretty fucking dark. Um, I, 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 I've begun to admire artists that make something really beautiful, but when you listen to it, it's, uh, they're, they're mining something and they're trying to dredge something up and exercise something. Yeah. Uh, in, in a lot of the same ways that I often do. Yeah, it's, so I've been it's doing that more and more. It's definitely part of the human experience. You know, it's not, I don't want to just sing songs about pretty flowers and be, you know, and pink clouds and everything's awesome. It's like, there's a whole lot going on in the human experience, in my human experience, because that's the only one I can speak to. But I recognize there's a lot of it. People that, there's a lot of people that are really good at that, though. Amazing. I finally, I, I uh, so I went out for record store day yesterday. And I ended up finding, I ended up grabbing a lot of stuff. I, I wasn't expecting to really get much, but I ended up grabbing a lot of stuff. I finally, there's a, I, I've re been really into uh, Roy Ayers. Um, he was a big jazz soul musician. Um, he's he's probably most famous for for Everybody Loves the Sunshine, a track called Everybody Loves the Sunshine. I, I, and longer story about how I found out about him, but I finally found Everybody Loves the Sunshine, the album on vinyl. And uh, that's a perfect example. I love, I love that track. I love that entire album. And there's, you know, it's, he's singing about pretty stuff. It's mostly pretty yeah. stuff. He's just, everybody loves, the, well, of course, everybody loves the sunshine. Who doesn't, you know? I, 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 I admire it. I couldn't, I could not for the life of me, crap, I, I couldn't crap something like that to save my life. And, and I think that's part of why I like it so much. I, I admire people that can do that. You know, yeah, I can't. It's not easy. I mean, you know, it's funny. And I, I like the juxtaposition of all that stuff, too. There's some people like Mose Allison is such an extraordinary jazz guy. Rest in peace. But he would write these songs that were like really light and campy, but they were about these dark sort of subjects. And you're just, and you know, soul music is like that, too, where you're just like it is something else gets transformed. You hear Aretha Franklin and it's like undeniable, you know, and she could talk about the anguish, but also that like, she's going to be all right. You know, that, that whole sort of like genre of music for me 
blues, soul, all that stuff is like speaks to that really specifically. Um, I watched that Aretha Franklin docuseries. Boy, man, she had a rough life. Yeah, Holy crap, she had a rough life. Like I had no idea. Yeah, Nina Simone and all of them. One. Nina Simone. They just too. capture this. They capture this this thing and transform it and, and give it back to you in a way that's like, oh yeah, I totally get that, you know? Anyone can get that stuff. And I love that, you know. So I don't want to say, you know, mindfulness is gonna make you spit out all these like super happy things. It's like, no, you for me, it's like I've gotten way more in touch with the spectrum of emotions. I can feel a lot more than I did before. And I can use those however I choose to use those, you know, and access that. And I can hear it in my music if, if I'm like, no, this needs to be, you know, because I can't escape the melancholy for some reason. You know, Brian Edo even said that too. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Lamois. They just can't escape the melancholy, even in the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, I can't either the music they do it's like okay so that's just an, it's just a thing yep. for me a lot of people I, also, I a lot of people I, I i look i look up to as well same same thing like i i don't well i was about to say i don't think i've ever heard nick cave sing uh write a pretty song but he's he's got some he's 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 had his moments but for the most part is his, his shit's pretty dark yeah. yeah i love that so, so that so yeah, um, since we're talking so much about mindfulness, Michael Haley, um, yes, there, there's something Amen. that that I wanted to ask you. How that I don't think I've ever really talked. Again, it's another one of those things that you probably we probably talked about, but I, I can't remember the whole story. Um, again, the the Michael Haley that I met was was a very quiet, very very nice, mild mannered dude who was just uh, very amiable good to talk to fun to spend time with uh that didn't know anything about mindfulness so when when did this happen how how did this happen with you because because i don't because it seems like like i started going through some stuff and i started talking to you about stuff that i was going through and then all of a sudden like you knew about all these things and you were giving <laughs> you, were, you were giving me all this great advice about about thoughts and what to do with them I was struck by a lightning bolt. Yo, no. Is that what happened? I, well, I've always been seeking. I've always been seeking. I was always curious about sort of the larger picture of things. And I certainly had a life early on where like, you know, I survived and I was taken care of. It certainly wasn't as rough as most people's lives, but but I also had this sort of curiosity, which I still have about you know, that's this something bigger, you know, like what's, what is all this for? And like, what's all this stuff coming through me and these thoughts? But, but, but was there a moment? A was, of, there, was there somebody that, 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 that got you on this? Was there like something that happened? Most of the time it was kind of a cumulative, various sort of uh, more spiritual practices, just out of curiosity. And then I would feel better. And then I'd read a book and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and I discover something. It's just basically like music, you know, and it just kind of kept feeding me through. And I kept meeting these people and discovering these different ideas and practices, you know, and I spent time with this, um, this Tibetan guy. <clears throat> I spent a lot of time with him and he taught me a lot. This was uh, probably like 12 years ago I met him. <clears throat> 
and uh, we had a moment. It was funny. I walked in. He's he's a. Uh, How did you meet this guy? He was staying at a, at a friend's house, so he was hosting him. He's from uh, Tibet, and uh, he's a Tibet, and uh, he's a how he says it he's a reincarnated monk you know just basically like the dalai lama and when was uh, this? and i'm all how long, how long ago was that? this how long ago was this i think it was about 12 years ago 13 years ago okay and i'm endlessly fascinated by these ideas i'm like okay i'm you know and then i started asking a thousand questions you know and i said is this okay like ask you he's like oh yeah he said that's what i'm here for i'm here to teach that's what i do and I said, okay. <laughs> and I just, you know, <clears throat> spent a lot of time. I drove him around for a while too. Basically people host him, you know? And, um, and he goes out and he raises money. He built an orphanage and a, uh, in the middle of India uh, on a Tibetan settlement camp. So he does a lot of work in the world. It's really amazing. And this, this place had nothing on it. And there was a whole bunch of Tibetans that are living in a tent. And uh, so he asked his teacher, he said, what do, you, what do you want me to do as he's growing up as a, a little Tibetan monk getting trained in India? And his story is incredible. I'll talk about that another time. But so anyway, people host him. He'll travel around the world, you know, and people will say, hey, I want you to come do teachings for me. I'll fly you to California or I'll fly you here and you can stay at my place. I'll feed you and uh, we'll see if we can raise some money for you because he's up, you know, he's building this orphanage completed okay. he takes care of like 75 kids you know that don't have any family or can't take care of their kids so so anyway that this is the quality of guy and i'm like i want to know more about this guy like how do you get there because my western american head is like i don't have time for that i'm yeah. trying to get famous you know i gotta get mine i'm trying to get famous I'm yeah time, i gotta man. get famous i got i gotta get famous <laughs> i don't have time for this so it's this thing of like, and that's very much, it's just very different thinking. And I'm like, why do you do this? What compels you to like, and it was out, it's out of loving kindness. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what does that mean? Loving kindness, you know, it's like, and it's different everywhere in the world. And so I learned a lot sort of culturally, but I also learned a lot about myself and just spending time with this guy, driving him around to places and hearing him give teachings and asking him a million questions and you know i went i ended up going to india with him on a, on a for about a month on a trip with a whole bunch of other people that were his students and it was, i learned so much it was fascinating it was uh so i he, he was probably more of a super jolt of like okay here's what mindfulness can be it's not the only way but this is the way that he knows so that was probably the biggest hands-on training and I've been to meditation stuff before, and I've been to therapy before, and uh, all those things are valuable, you know, to the degree that they're valuable for you. You have to decide. And uh, but I, I started to really realize more and more. I just can't do this shit alone, you know. And yeah. uh, and the wisdom generally comes. I wanted to find someone who had had what I wanted, and then say, how did you get that? Like with music, I'm like, how'd you learn how to play guitar? What, show me that part. Can you show me that? You know, how did you do that? Where did that come from? That's miraculous to me, you know? Yeah. Just like that. And that's mm -hmm. this, this fascination with, uh, with, uh, sort of, and firmly like trying to, I just, I had a lot to deal with in, in here that, uh, was unresolved. And so this was like one way for me to, 
look at it and approach it. And if I if it stops working, I'll know. But so far, it's been helpful. Not every other information to come in and I can go, oh, mind. How can I be as peaceful as possible in the process without doing more damage? You know, because the world's got enough problems, you know? And so uh, I like it. I like it. And so I, I, to answer your question, I, there wasn't like a moment, you know, because I, I also enjoy going to church, sitting in churches, you know, and uh, oh, yeah? and temples, all, all kinds of temples. I'm just, I'm fascinated by religion and culture and all of it, all of it, you know, and, uh, and it all just kind of continues to feed me and keep me connected in a way that, you know, just my path. I know a lot of other folks that are kind of like this, but I can only be responsible for me. So anyway, I think all the, I don't know how to say, you know, oh, there's this one moment because there wasn't. Really? Okay. You know, um, it's like, it's like anything, you know, like learning how to eat in a particular way. We pick it up along the way, you know, like if you wanted to change from eating meat to like plant-based or veganism or whatever, you don't just like flip that switch. You know, so if you can, great. I don't know. You know, uh, how do I, you know, so it's a little bit at a time. And, you know, I, I know we all, I, I want instant gratification. That's sort of like, that's what I was raised in. I was raised in Western culture. Yeah. You know, and you can go, go on Amazon and buy that shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. it'll make you feel better for a minute. You get, you're like, open it up. It's like Christmas. Like, oh, look at this. When you sent me that microphone, I opened it up and I was like, Christmas. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I'm like, oh shit, I got, I got to plug this thing in. And like, we're actually going to yeah. do this. And no, I'm like, oh, oh damn, we're doing it. Yeah. Oh shit. And I got more like stuff that, and now we're like, actually doing this. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's going to fix it. And that's, that's my delusion. That's the madness for me is thinking like that thing out there, the outside world is going to fix this inside whatever this experience is that's going on with me. But, they, but they're, they both interact, you know? And all three of these ideas that we're talking about all have a relationship together. So, and I, that's what I'm most curious doing this podcast is, and we'll bring in some guests too, you know, to talk about the stuff. And I want to talk yeah, about money. Are. I want yeah, to talk about are. money at some point because that's a very powerful idea. You know, people live and die for it. And uh, I'm like, why? Why? Because yep. it's, it's been handed to us, but that's another episode. Definitely have a few people in mind that, that, uh, that, uh, you know, had similar paths as, our, as ours and ended up landing in the same place we did. Yeah. That, uh, that would all be good people to, uh, to have on to talk for sure. Yeah. yeah for, for, for me, the, the, you know, the mindfulness thing, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that, that, uh, that there wasn't any moment that it just, just, that you had been doing things here and there. I came from a, a devoutly Irish Catholic family full of stubborn pig-headed people. <laughs> um, and uh, so it, it had, it, it really had to, there had to be some, somebody, it had to be an, it had to be an intervention in order, in order for it to work for me. And that, that's how it happened. I think, uh, so I had been, trying to find um, a therapist uh, 
not long after I moved up here and I had been through four or five different people and it's just something you have to do. You know, I mean, I'm sure you know this too, that, that uh, I, yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people get turned off on therapy because they, they, they expect it to be, it gets back to the same thing. We're, we're Americans. We, we want instant gratification. A, That's there's right. no instant gratification in therapy. B, no. there's no guarantee that the first person you go see, it's not like going to, uh, it's not like going to uh, like, like a drive-through oil change place. You, you can't just go in there and expect to be be fixed by the first person you talk to. And that's something that I had to learn. I went through three or four uh, before I found the person that, I, that I've been going to for, and I've been seeing her for 20, over 20 years now. Um, yeah. When uh, in one of the first visits I had with her, you know, I was just, you know, telling her my whole story. And she just sat there and she listened and she listened and she listened. And then at some point she goes, you should read this. And she slid a book across to me called calming the anxious mind. Mm. And like what, and, and, and I, you know, being a stubborn Irish Catholic, <laughs> I, I was like, what, the, what the fuck is this? What's this going to do for me? Yeah. You know what, why, exactly. why are you making me read? And I didn't say, well, I probably, I, there was, I, I probably didn't react exactly like that, but I'm sure that there was some, some part of that of my reaction to her. Yeah. And um, she gave me the book and I went, I continued to see her, geez, man, for probably two or three years before I actually broke down and started reading it. And I would even, I would go in there and lie sometimes <laughs> like, she go, did you read the book? You've been reading the book? Went, oh yeah. 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 I've been reading it. Anyway, I'll see, I'll, I'll see you in a, in, a, in a week or I'll see you in a month. And I wasn't reading are. it. And then, and then I think, um, you know, somewhere in there, I, I started talking to you about stuff that was going on with me. And then you started talking about a lot of the same things that she was talking to me about. And, and it, and it was, you know, I, I, I said this earlier, it was really between the two of you. It was, it was her going, you should try this mindfulness stuff on, because I think it's going to help a lot of your problems and me rejecting it. But then you affirming it affirming that that yeah it, it it actually does work and and you you got to put some work into it um and then you even started like cite i think it's, it, there were certain points like in conversation where you were citing some of the same people in books that she was uh was actually recommending to me yeah. you know and then and that was kind of the thing when oh okay well i guess maybe i should try to do this now and then i started reading it um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, I still feel like I'm a novice. Like, you know, you talk about things like being, being mindful of your thoughts. It's, it's so hard for me to do that. And, and really my job, the day gig makes it, makes it exceedingly difficult because I have to use so much of my critical thinking and my brain for, for my job that I, that I'm not, I'm not always that good about being mindful. No, I, I don't, I, I, it's not. <laughs> easy for me to recognize that something's going on uh, when it's going on a lot of times because the, just because my day gets gets stressful and uh, and and I have to think so much about what other people are doing and and um, things that have nothing to do with being mindful and and then and it always it, it, it always ends up like hitting me like a, like a ton of bricks a lot of times still but um, you know I'm reading the books. Yeah. I'm reading the books now. I'm re I, I read the book that uh, that she gave me. I started reading all the stuff that you gave me, and uh, it's 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 all helping. 
it's you know it's it's a process and we we to them and uh i we're forgetters you know we're we're, we're peters getters. and i repeat what doesn't work you know so i have to be sort of like oh i'm doing that thing again you know it doesn't it could be as small as like leaving a spoon out or something i'm like why did i do that i'm like okay i just did that thing again okay grab the spoon deal with it and um you know and i forget every single day there's this kind of it's kind of annoying and kind of beautiful because you you can forget and you'll go to sleep and you'll wake up the next day and it's a brand new day unless you wake up and you plug right back into those thoughts you went to bed with that don't work or the ones that do work but with practice it's like a muscle you know you can't just like go to the gym once and think you got it worked out it's like no you you give yourself a schedule that works for yourself and just check it out experiment with it and and i'm not saying it's the answer it's just one tool that i use that helps me a lot that keeps me from you know less of the madness and there are times for madness when i want them you know you got to kind of be a maniac with music i mean to like really yeah i'm like i want something completely outrageous and like i know how to tap into that too but i have i have a choice it doesn't just like encompass me and like you know, as you see a lot of this in the entertainment news, you know, like it's, it's a crazy business and there's a lot of crazy people in it. And I love all of them. And there's a lot of them that just like burn it all, they burn it at both ends. And then they're, you know, this, and, uh, yeah, I don't want to be one of those people. I want to like, I don't know why, maybe I'm a masochist, but I want to experience this life to its fullest, the good stuff, the bad stuff. And, um, and I don't know why about that either, but this is one way I can, you know, just look at it. Just what like, all these things teach you. That's what all these things What's teach that? you is, is that's what all these things teach you. And, and something that I, I've learned is just, just focus on living the best life you can and, you know, uh, honor the things that uh, honor your creativity as best you, as best you can. And if, if it comes, it comes, but just live your best life. Yeah, maybe that's what we talk about in the next episode is sort of how do how do we do that with creativity and um well I'm hoping we can talk about spatial audio soon. But oh yeah, we gotta do that too. Yeah. And money and guitar pedals. Money, guitar pedals. Maybe we could do that all in one sleep. episode. I was thinking that we could devote an we could probably devote several episodes to sleep and how it relates to mindfulness, because I you know, I can't sleep to save my life. Well, maybe we could just do the next episode, we'll just sleep. We turn the cameras on. Yeah, there, we'll there's sleep. a, there's a, there's a, actually a pretty good podcast I, I listen to. There's a dude that uh, that um, that just he doesn't read bedtime stories. Like he reads gibberish. There's there's like some uh, in my I can hear my sister, sister's voice in my head again. I'll find the podcast, Shelby. There, there is a, a guy <laughs> out there. Yeah, because because uh, Shel, I can hear Shelby. There's a guy out there that that uh, there's this uh, line of thinking around sleep where that that falls falls in the same along the same lines as like what uh, reading bedtime stories to your kid does. Yeah. In uh, that um, that you don't really need to hear the story so much as, as you need to as something about the tone of, of a voice is is what does yes. it. So so this this guy focuses on that 
and um, and and just like just just says gibberish for um, for like an hour, and and his and his yeah. whole the whole point of his podcast is for you to fall asleep before he finishes. I love That's that. his whole thing. Um, yeah, there's you can you know I I think words are only like thirty five percent of the information that gets transferred when we're communicating to people. It's really like attitude. Like I can say some really nasty stuff to you in a nice voice like this, and you'd be like, "That's really weird. He doesn't seem angry," and I'm not. You know, sleep but, with but me, just, like, the Shelby. Word, the word. Shelby, the podcast is called Sleep with Me. There, oh, there it. you go. Yeah, check it out. If, if you just do a search through 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 the podcast app, like an Apple, and just do a yeah. search on sleep, it's like one of the first things that comes up, and it's pretty great. Anyway, hey, do you have a uh, the set of cards? Do you want to pull a card? Cause I gotta jump onto my next thing. Do, do you have them? I, I can go, I can run and get mine. Do you have your, I gotta run and get mine. Hold okay. on a second. I'll grab them. Okay. So, so while Michael's doing that, I'll explain what we were talking about. So one of the things that, that we wanted to do as part of this is that we decided we wanted to have a bit where, uh, we uh, reach into this this uh, deck of cards. There, there, uh, Brian Eno worked with uh, somebody um, in the '70s uh, on this on this deck of cards to facilitate creativity called the Oblique Strategies deck. If you if you do uh, apparently from what I gather, there, there's an app you can get now. If you just do a search on Oblique Strategies, Peter Schmidt. Yeah, so Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt got together and came up with this, this collection of cards called the oh, Oblique Strategies cards. Right? Yeah, he used, he used them with David Bowie on a lot of the, the, the Berlin stuff. And the idea is, is that if you, get, if you, ha if you get, have a creative block, that uh, the, these cards all have like little sentences in them. And um, what he would do with them is he would lay them out as, he would just lay them out as a grid. He would pull, pull some out at random. Lay, lay him out as a grid and then just and go to the, the, the band he was working with, the artist he was working with and, and say, OK, these are the parameters that we're going to work with and go. And um, right. turns out it works really well. The, the, the thing that that I've been doing and and uh, and uh, and my wife Hazel has been doing and, and now Michael Haley's doing it is we, we pull one at random every day and, and read it and um, and it and it. And uh, it's it's been helping us creatively, and I thought it would be a great bit. So we're yeah. doing our first one. Drum roll. This one's called. Oh. You ready? Yeah. What does it say? This is Michael, it. Just... this is the answer. The inconsistency principle. The inconsistency principle. So the other thing we do is we we do is try to figure out what that what that means to us. Um, the inconsistency principle. The inconsistency principle. Uh, if you're if you're in the midst of working on something creatively, uh, I guess particularly if you're working on a collection of work as a musician or even a collection of paintings as an artist, um, sometimes the thing that can get you blocked is is that the more you get into the collection and get and, and if you get too mired into this idea of everything having a unifying theme that you can get blocked that way because you can start talking you out yourself out of, uh, out of making creative decisions that uh, under other circumstances you would normally make. And what that card means to me, to yeah. me is get the fuck out of your head 
it's okay to be inconsistent, try something inconsistent. And then, and then from that inconsistent idea, try to find your way back to the thing that you're working on. Yeah. I, I liken it to, uh, I heard of this, this, uh, this writer publisher guy, there's an incredible book called how to get rich. And it's by this publisher guy who is a wild man. And, uh, I'll, we'll, we should do an episode on him, but one of his we things should. that he would bring to a situation, uh, like a negotiation, is a, a, rogue, a rogue element. And it was something that the other people didn't know about that he would throw into the equation ah. to cause confusion, but also they wanted it so bad because they knew they, they had to like deal with the rogue you know, uh, element to get the actual thing that they want for the price that they wanted. And I was like fascinated by it. So, you know, and it's something I do too. I'm like, I'll, I try and think of something just random to throw into John, and John Napier. When we did those two records, he was probably the more. Lock stuff. You talk about the Baldy Lock all, stuff. Yeah. Mo, yeah. And all of his, all the, like kind of how he operated was some of a very way out there sort of version. So I had to kind of rein him in to a degree so we could kind of meet, but it created this whole creative experience that was just like wild, you know? So like, I think having some, you know, life is inconsistent, you know, it's like uh, we were kind of in the illusion that like everything should be can have lawyers and laws and rules and all this stuff. And like, it's great for, you know, organizing and stuff, but also life wants to like spill out of the, the vessel always. It tries to escape and you're just like, yes. no, 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 no. That's what we do our best to rank. It's like wrangling, you know, something. You're just like, oh my God, there's cats everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you know, trying to create order with cat. So anyway, that's what that means to me. And I mentioning I, I, John, mind. John Napier made me realize neither one of us talked about our background at all. Something else we got to get around to at some point. Yeah. Let's do that next episode. I actually we, need to jump we can off. Do, and, we, we got time. We can do that whenever. So are we going to do we, the, the, the three people we want to work with? Are we going to wrap it up? I don't what think are we going to do? I think we wrap this one up and okay. uh, we'll revisit what's next. We have a whole lot to talk about in case you didn't know guys. So yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah. And we're actually well over an hour at this point. So yeah. So let's, let's, Let let's, let's call it. Thanks everybody right, for man. coming. Come back. Come back and see us again. <laughs> we'll see you at the next episode. Just say we'll that. see you at the next episode, everybody. All Talk right. Talk to you later. See you. Ciao. See ya.